1: Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.
2: En Ford creemos que ya sea que estés bajo el foco de atención o bajo tu propio techo, que tengas 90 minutos o 9 horas, que estés empezando cambios o un largo viaje. Fortaleza es hacer todo como si el mundo entero te estuviera mirando. Presentamos la nueva Ford F-150 2024. Fuerza así de inteligente, solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Fuerza Ford.
0: At Angel's Envy, Envy is a good thing. It motivates us in the pursuit of better. It inspires moments worth talking about. Moments worth remembering. Moments that raise the bar. Like crafting a bourbon. Even the angels would envy. Angels Envy. Worth the envy. Please drink responsibly. 2024. Angels Envy. Bottled by Louisville Distilling Company, Louisville, Kentucky.
2: Hey friends. Are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider.
3: Well hello John. it's another episode of Flight Safety Detectives. You and I were on the road. We were in Oshkosh, Wisconsin at Air Venture 2022. Great show. we got to do a lot of things, got to see a lot of people and of course we had a great interview which aired on uh, on our podcast and the video channel uh, this past week. One of the things that I did, was, of course, given number of safety presentations and an accident that I dissected, you and I discussed the fact that we thought that this would be of great interest for our audience. It involves a Cessna 421C model, and it happened down in Lake Worth, Florida, back in 2012. But there were a lot of issues here, and you and I have been talking about pilot training. And now that we have this pilot shortage and we're putting pilots through these pilot factories, getting them in and out in very short periods of time. One of the concerns that we've both had is the quality of the training, not so much the quantity, but the quality. And this was a perfect accident to demonstrate quality training and how uh, issues regarding that quality can come back and end up causing a fatal accident. And you know one of the one of the key things, John, is that I'm really concerned. I know you are. Uh, we've talked about it on this show multiple times, and that is not only the type of training, but who is providing
4: that training. And You know, it came up often times with the FAA in our discussions, and fortunately, it is on the radar of a number of FAA inspectors. So that's the good news out of all of this. It doesn't help anybody that's gone through this program you know, a year or two or three or four years earlier. But uh, at least the FAA has got, got it on their radar, you know, start to address it. And they've also got some of the airline uh, schools on their radar because they're not too happy with at least one of them came to us. Uh, so that is a, it's going to be an ongoing issue, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, our time in the EVEMCO booth, we had a lot of people come, and give us ideas for show. And a lot of people come with us just to say hello. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Of our our viewers, we're at uh, AirVenture. So it was uh, very encouraging to see so many.
3: Yep, and uh, in the presentation I did regarding this particular accident was well-received. Um, we, I tried to bring a lot of different points, and you and I are going to talk about that today. Again, it's a 421C that uh, crashed down in Lake Worth, Florida, back in uh, December of 2012. And the, some of the backstory here is, of course, that this pilot, who was actually the owner of the aircraft, um, had purchased the airplane recently. In the July-August timeframe, the airplane went down for maintenance for an annual inspection and actually repaint. So once, uh, once the airplane was down for maintenance, he decided to go to SIMCOM to get the 421 training. And spent a couple of weeks there going through SIMCOM's training program. And anybody that's ever been through a SIMCOM or Flight Safety International, uh, SIMIA flight programs like that, know they're very comprehensive. It's, you know, basically full immersion type training. He went through that training program. And in looking at his training records, it's obvious that uh, he was able to pass um, uh, all of the requisite uh, training requirements in order for him to uh, to receive a graduation certificate, uh, primarily used for uh, for insurance purposes, but he had uh, gone through the training in September. The airplane was still down for maintenance from almost three months, and uh, he finally was able to uh, retrieve the airplane out of maintenance and paint uh, in December. Of 2012. And during the course of uh, getting the airplane, um, he had only logged about an hour and a half in that aircraft, in the accident aircraft. Now, he did have about 145 hours of total flight time in various models of the Cessna 421, but that was over a long period of time. Um, He had also been flying a single engine. Uh, PA-28, which he owned, and he had well over a 1,000 hours of single-engine time. He had about 1,230 hours of total flight time. Um, So you're talking, you know, about 175 hours of total multi-engine flight time. But again, that was spread out over a long period of time, and he only had an hour and a half in the accident aircraft. Um, After he retrieved the airplane... Uh, there was a mechanic out there uh, at the airport who uh, had interacted with the pilot. He apparently had started the aircraft on an on a, um, initial start to, uh, to go out and actually fly out to Lake Okeechobee. He was going to go shoot some approaches and landings and then uh, fly on to his destination, which is Miami. Um, while he was starting the airplane, the airplane ran briefly, both engines cranked. Uh, and then he shut him down, and apparently had an alternator charging light. So um, maintenance went out there. They finally determined that it was uh, it was nothing spectacular. They fixed it. Uh, pilot cranked again, got both engines running. Sat and did a run up, basically a pre flight run up on the ramp for a couple to two, three, four minutes before taxiing off to uh, to runway three in, uh, in Lake Worth. And so, you know, all sounds normal. There were a number of people out there, uh, watching this pilot, um, and this airplane, uh, with great interest, of course, including the, the the mechanic. And, um, they saw the airplane taxi out, uh, the pilot lined up on the end of the runway, powered up. And from all the witness observations, the least initial part of the takeoff appeared normal airplane rotated about halfway down the runway and shortly after takeoff and during the climb out uh they noticed that the airplane started to yaw left for one to two seconds nose pitched up substantially and then rolled over to the left um, in what was described by a uh, flight instructor as a vmc roll the airplane then Uh, went into the ground from a low altitude, um, steep nose-low, left-wing low attitude, collided with a bunch of uh, palm trees in a park, uh, struck some very stout concrete uh, picnic-type tables, and the airplane came to rest, exploded, and burned. And uh, in looking at the wreckage, um, it's the airplane is sitting and we'll have these pictures posted on our, uh, on our website as well, so that you all can look at these pictures, but, uh, the airplane was sitting upright at the accident site. Um, it was very easy to, to identify all the requisite parts of the aircraft, but there are some notable findings, John, that we're going to talk about, but we're also going to talk about pilot training because this whole issue, this loss of the aircraft, and unfortunately, this pilot uh, losing his life, was all due to the failures that he apparently uh, in, in at least, you know, did not follow uh, his requisite training that uh, that he had received only three months before.
4: Yes, and, and it's uh, important for us to go through that because the NTSB, did not go through it very well. Now, I, at this point in time, I'd like to tell our audience that this show is responding to a very large number of emails that we received to, to shorten this show up. So we're gonna make every effort to make these shows uh, 15 to 20 minutes long. And they want uh, us to analyze more of the accidents, not just go through what we said, and do a once over lightly, we have been doing at the end so this show is going to mark the first in a series and we'll see how it goes and we'll see what the audience says uh, but we're going to do a short introduction to the accident and then uh, in the next show we're going to go through it step by step by step on what they found uh what they recorded what was missing from the report if anything and take it from there in in the pieces that may be missing. Did it have an impact on the probable cause or not? So, uh, that's
3: a real teaser, John. You just set up the audience. You roped them, and now you're going to pull them in, but you're going to give them a little slack. So that is uh, that is the
4: teaser. That is the teaser. Hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of the people that came by the Avemco booth, where we spent a lot of time, uh, were raising these issues. So it's not, well, our, not necessarily our idea, but we will respond to what our listeners want uh, for content and for the methods in which we analyze it. So we'll, we'll see how this goes.
3: Yeah. Well, I think this is a great accident to try our little beta test with because there are a number of issues that uh, were identified in this particular accident. Um, You have operational issues. You have some maintenance-related issues, uh, which resulted in the, uh, the loss of power on the left engine. And, of course, we have training issues. And all of these things need to be explored and should have been explored thoroughly by the NTSB. However, in reviewing their report and even the docket, there were a lot of a lot of holes, and that's where the information, that's where the lessons learned are. And that's why you and I, when we dissect these accidents and and we look at the backstories and we ferret out all this additional information. That's the key for our listeners and our viewers. To really learn something, just reading a report that identifies some factual information and comes up with, and, and the board coming up with a simplistic probable cause does not benefit aviation safety because there are no lessons. All it is is a documentation of an accident um, without really identifying where the failures, where the shortcomings occurred that can be used as lessons learned going back into a training program, going back into an individual's um, uh, training program, of course, looking at maintenance issues and and that kind of thing. And and these are the valuable things that you and I try to bring out when we dissect
4: these accidents. Yeah. And I'd like to add that the reason why we're looking at training accidents right now is because we've had so many accidents uh, just this year alone with what appears to be obvious training deficiencies with some uh, new pilots and with some pretty substantial time pilots as well, just as this one is 1200 hours, it's not a newbie, uh, but we've got them, we've got crashes with new guys and and very experienced people happening, uh, especially landing in the last couple of months, not for a lot of landing accidents. So, yeah,
3: I mean, that's, and again, You know, we're going to be dissecting a lot of these landing accidents because is it a function of complacency? Is it a function of lack of proficiency Um, or is it a training issue that uh, that started well before uh, the pilot has technically gained all of this, quote, experience? Um, You know, one of the things that uh, we always look at with training is the quality of the training. It's one thing to know how to fly. It's another thing to understand how to fly. And we always talk about, you know, the subjectivity or the subjective part of flying. And that is decision-making, aeronautical decision-making. Do you have the requisite tools to identify those things that are going to have a significant influence on, on the operation of the aircraft especially when it comes to flying a multi-engine airplane you cannot take it for granted you cannot expect that every time you fire up both those engines they're both going to be operating without a problem and in this particular instance, um, you know some of this time some of the time we put too much trust tacit trust if you will in the maintenance of our aircraft. I have a mechanic that's worked on my airplanes forever. Um, I had a lot of tacit trust in in his personal skills, abilities, and knowledge fixing the aircraft. But, you know, the old Reagan saying, trust but verify. You always have to anticipate or expect that you're going to have a problem, especially when the airplane comes out of maintenance. Because, again, nobody's infallible. And I think this accident that we're dissecting is a perfect example of a little bit of maybe too much trust in the maintenance, the fact that uh, it just came out of maintenance and everybody thought it was good to go. And then all of a sudden you have a problem right at takeoff. I mean, you should be able to just respond and respond properly. And we're really going to get into uh, the requisite procedures um, that should have been followed, uh, technically, partially followed and the resulting actions both
4: by the pilot and uh and the maintenance folks okay with that i will give you the second last word (laughs) well i hope that everybody will tune in
3: for the next show because we will dissect those things that we've teased you with with regard to this accident um we're going to be looking at the it again the pilot and the type of training that he received, uh, the quality of that training, um, some of the shortcomings. And if, and there are things that I, as an investigator would have really gone after that the NTSB investigators did not follow up on. And I think that's where a lot of the story is. So we're going to be definitely talking about those issues. So I look forward to seeing, or at least having you listening or watching the show next week. So with that, John, I will now leave you with the last word.
4: Okay. So my last words will always be uh, the pre-flight, pre-planning, pre-flight, and flying safely. But before we get there, I just wanted to let everybody know that we had a wonderful time at the Avemco booth. We have a tremendous following out there that uh, I was really pleased to see. That people are very interested in the accident side and talking about the accidents and bringing accidents to us. I, I left the Go booth with another dozen accidents for us to look at. I haven't had a chance yet to pick those out, but they sure sounded like meaty accidents for us to do. And so, and, uh, and of course, that one young lady that we had on that had an accident that went through and identified all her failures and all her shortcomings in that. And to have her willing to share that to everybody was just unbelievable. Yep. Very proud of that young lady. I think she'll, she is going to be a very fine pilot. Uh, and having said that now, remember, if you're going to go flying, do a good job of pre-planning before you even leave the house or the hotel. Pre-plan what's going on. Get to the airport. Go over it all again. Make sure you know where you're going to put the airplane if you have an engine failure on takeoff. Right? Think ahead. Plan ahead. When you get out to the airplane, a very thorough pre-flight inspection, I mean, can can undercover, uncover a number of problems with the airplane. And if you get in the air, please put that head on a swivel and fly safely.
0: To listen or watch more episodes of this show, go to flightsafetydetectives.com, the Flight Safety Detectives YouTube channel, or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. To contact John and Greg about the show, send them an email at flightsafetydetectives at gmail.com. And remember, for aviation insurance needs, contact Avemco Insurance at avemco.com or give them a call at 888 888- Mention Flight Safety Detectives and receive a 5% discount. Thanks for listening to the Flight Safety Detectives and remember to always fly safe. Take your holiday as seriously as British Airways Holidays takes your holiday. So ditch your desk, set your out-of-office on, and unwind on the white sandy beaches of the Dominican Republic. With an all-inclusive, family-friendly break at the Grand Palladium Palace Resort and Spa. Or, luxurious adult-only getaway at the TRS Turquesa Hotel. Book now with a low deposit at ba.com slash palladium. T's and C's apply, at all protected.
1: Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Hey friends, are you struggling
2: to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices, so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at insperity.com.
4: When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance. While kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.